The Steve Warren Project. Sports and whatever. All right, let us close out another SWP podcast week. A nose to the podcast grindstone. It is Steve Warren along with Jim Jerome. How are things? We're glad you're with us and we hope you enjoy the show. Lots of sports and whatever on today's plate. I don't know what to call it. On today's agenda, whatever it is. Jimmy, how are things? Yeah, good. Clearly, I need the weekend. Yeah. What was your, uh, what do you think your uh, all-time favorite sports moment is? All-time. 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 Wow. You know, they always do the year in review, right? That, that's, uh, I haven't watched uh, Sports Next. Sports Next. Sports Next. <laughs> Uh, where they, you know, the top tens all the time. I say, I gotta ask Stevie. He's been around sports his whole life. What is, what is all, all time is, you know? There's so many. I'd probably go with the 87 Canada Cup, Gretzky to Lemieux. It's your biggest all time? An exhibition game? It's right in there. Oh, come on. It wasn't, obviously, really? it was an exhibition game, but it still meant something. It meant a lot. It's like saying the 72 Summit Series. That's ah, just some stupid exhibition series. Yeah, well, it, it was. It was, by definition, yeah. but it meant more than just that. Really? Why the 87? Uh, why that? Well, like I say, there's a bunch you could, you know, I, I'd need to sit and take pen to paper and figure things out, but that one pops uh, right to mind. I think of, um, it's a lot of childhood stuff too, right? The the younger you are, they say the golden age of sports is whoever was playing hockey when you were age 10 to 15. Um, right. So this is probably something that would be in that that wheelhouse somewhere. But uh, I don't know. What about you? I don't, you know what? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, I guess there could be two categories. Uh, you know, if you're sort of personally at something, you know, I've been I've been to a couple of biggies that I was at. Uh, I was at the uh, Sid Crosby's gold medal goal in Vancouver. I was in the stands for that. Were you watching the game, though? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you a story about that, Stevie. Yeah, yeah, I was. Um, so a cu- couple of stories. Uh, the, Gretz was there. Of course, that was the year he carried the torch and all that. And so I so I blasted over there. I was working, of, of course, with you. And uh, I think Dave Mitchell was our program director. And... Uh, I thought, you know, I said, you got to let me go there and do and do the show, you know, find find a place for me to stay. And and uh, he said, no, 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 we're not we're not doing that. So I I sort of hung up the phone and went, I got to go, man. You know, like how how often, Stevie, you're going to get a chance to go to the Olympics, you know. And so I jumped in my car. It's about a 10, 12 hour drive to Vancouver from Edmonton. I drove there. I got my buddy. Uh, I stayed at his place. Jimmy Yip. Okay, I stayed at Jimmy Jimmy Ip's place, and uh, I went to every event. I went to tons of events. I went to Kevin Martin's gold medal win uh, with Gretz. Gretz and I were in the stands for that when he won. Uh, we just kind of followed him around each day and went to all these these host countries' houses that they have at the Olympics. You you've never been to an Olympics, but each country uh, sort of sets up a pavilion, you know including Canada, of course, and, and the following Olympics were going to be in Sochi. So we went to Russia. They went to their house. It was just, it was just awesome okay? <laughs> every night. And uh, we would meet when the, when the games were on, when Team Canada was playing. We would meet at Canada House, which was right near the arena. And 
Uh, Gretz had all the tickets laid on, okay? And Glenn, Glennie was there. And, you know, we just meet, and they hand me this ticket every night, you know? Every night the games were on, and off we go. Uh, me and Glenn, and Wayne was doing other things during the games. but um, Riding around so in pickup sta- trucks after the opening ceremonies. Yeah. That was the goofiest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, with three guys uh, lying on their back with rifles, by the way, in that oh. in that pickup truck. Um, security guys. <laughs> So anyway, we th- that was the drill. Okay, that was the drill every every time there was a game, uh, and so he hand these tickets to Glenn. Glenn would uh, meet everyone there, including myself, and and you know there was a bunch of people, six or seven of us that were getting these tickets, which was awesome. <laughs> okay, and blah 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 blah. Glenn hands up the tickets, and he's standing there with two tickets that no one claimed. Like he looked around, and went, "Well, these are for so and so, and they're not here," you know. Where, where are they? And, you know, the game kept getting closer and closer. The puck drop. And uh, Glenn said, what, what am I supposed to freaking do with these? And there was a guy standing beside him, stranger, who said, in, in, in a split second, Steve, he said, I'll give you 10000 for those pair of tickets. And, I, and there was another guy who said, I'll give you 12000 Right, and then three, four more people came. Like we were standing, sort of in the, I guess, in the scalper area because we were kind of walking around. And then so the guy said, "I'll give you fifteen grand for those two tickets." And, and Glennie looked at me, and I looked at him, and I said, "Well, you can't. You know, you can't. You can't, you can't do it." Well, of course you could, but you can't. Well, the tickets are probably from Hockey Canada or something, right? That's the Cape Way. So. We decided you can't do that. Not after some serious thought, I wouldn't imagine. You probably had to think about that for a while. Because, uh, yeah, there's etiquette and everything, but there's also 15K. Right, right. So, yeah, it did take some thought, a little back and forth. But, but in the end, we said, no, you can't, you can't, you can't scalp tickets. Uh, you know, donate it and, and Wayne and, uh, and all this shit. You know, you can't, you can't do it. <laughs> so now what do you do? Now what are you going to do with the tickets? And there was a guy who was down there. There was people always everywhere around the city. And he was with his son. Uh, his son was in a wheelchair. And he, was, he just brought his son down there to, to kind of be part of the festivities, you know, like sort of this, like a tailgate party before the game, right, down at Canada House. And so Glenn walked over and said, Liz, I got something for you, you know, and, and flashed the two tickets to this guy and his son. And the guy said, you're joking. Right. And I'm not into this is like a bad joke. He said, no, no, the tickets are real. I'm so and so. And, you know, you these they, they got unclaimed. It was the gold medal game, Stevie. And and so Glenn ended up giving these to this this father with his son, you know. And uh, so that was cool. You know, that was kind of cool. And uh, were they able to accommodate him? Because, I mean, he's in a wheelchair yeah, after yeah. all. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's, it's handicap accessible. Right. The arena nice. and. And, and off he went. So the, it was a sort of beautiful moment, you know. Um, as I watched 15,000 slip through Glenn's fingers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, in the game itself, I sat with uh, Christine Simpson, okay, was, was sitting beside me. She's, you know, a friend of the great ones and uh, sister of uh, Craig Simpson, right? Craig Simpson? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, she's, and he's a buddy of mine. Anyway, I was I was going maniacal in the stand, Stevie. Okay, I was loving it. I wasn't I wasn't too pasted. I'd had a few, 
but I wasn't too pasted. And and she gave me the, I, I saw her kind of eye roll me, Steve, when I jumped up and started cheering, you know, freaking out going, mm-hmm. yeah, I got it right then. And she gave me the, uh, please, Jim, you know, I went, pardon? <laughs> like, what was her like problem? She's pretty, she didn't want the, you know, she thought I was embarrassing her a little bit, Steve. And, well, get up to the press box then where you're not allowed to uh, cheer. You're in the stands right now. Yeah, and the and the free and the free ticket and and right and I like Christine. She's super nice, but but she was kind of giving me the you're you're embarrassing me and yourself, you know, because oh, I was really? up yelling and screaming with this thing. So I was pissed. Okay, I was pissed. I would be too. As I sat there, so this is going to be unfun. So you know, Glenn and I were meeting between periods to go have a smoke, and I rushed down after the first period. Met Glenn. And I was telling him the story, right? Going, you know, she's taking the fun right out of this thing, right? The gold medal game. And as I was doing that, Steve, there was a, a guy walking through the concourse area with his buddy. There were three of them. The one guy, the one guy had a drum. Okay. Uh, the other guy was playing a tuba. Uh, and the, the other guy was playing a trumpet as they were blasting away on the concourse level. I would okay? not go to a hockey game without my tuba. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, I go, I got an idea. Uh, I wave the guy over with the tuba, right? I say, listen, I got a, I got, I got a deal for you. Where, where's your seats? Where's your ticket? He said, yeah, it's no good. We're way, we're way up in standing room only. I said, how about I got something for you? How about you and I trade seats? I'll give you mine, my ticket. It's really good. It's right behind the net, uh, lower bowl. Um, and you give me yours. But I said, you got to bring your tuba with you. He says, well, I have to. I can't, I can't leave it. <laughs> and uh, he says, no problem. And I said, now, listen, when you get in there, I want to hear that thing. Okay? You see, I want to I wanna make sure you hear that. And I want to hear it for the whole period, you know, and the whole, and the whole game. So <laughs> off he went, Steve. <laughs> and Glennie was, Glennie was roaring with laughter. I said, this will be the best. And, and. I don't even know if I made it to to my seat, which was his later, but I certainly made it to watch him. Excuse me, excuse me, walking by people, Steve, <laughs> and then sitting down beside Christine Simpson with a fucking tuba, Stevie. <laughs> what did Miss Sir? What did Miss oh. Sir? What did Miss Sirius have to say about the yeah, tuba not in happy. her ear? Oh, yeah, not happy at all. I think I looked up in the third period and she wasn't there anymore, and the guy with the tuba and the trumpet you were, were there with the empty seat, so. Love. Not a bad move, Stevie. Huh? Not a bad Pretty move strong. at all. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what it, what would be the perfect like if you if you could draw it up. What would be the most obnoxious musical instrument you could have sent down her way if it was a if you could have picked anything? Would it be tuba? Would be in the in the discussion? I would think. Well, not only the noise of it, Steve. You know the <laughs> right. Okay. Not only that, but the sheer size of the thing, Stevie. Okay, the sheer size of it and the hassle and oh yeah, it's just a brilliant one of my best moves ever, Stevie. I want to go back to... Um, I saw her f- after f- the game. Yeah. How, you how she, she kind of didn't let on. She moved. She went. Well, she she, knew, she had to know it was you that made it happen. <laughs> it's your seat. So I want to go back a couple of minutes ago when you were talking about Gretzky and the pickup truck. 
So you got yes. three guys with with rifles in the back of the truck with him because people will remember the opening ceremonies. We had the glitch, of course, with the torch and everything inside oh, yeah. the stadium. But from the stadium to where the I think the ultimate cauldron was going to be, Gretzky's got the torch in the back of what looked like a cheap pickup truck, and he's just waving to people as he's standing in a standard pickup truck. And you say there were three guys with rifles in the back with him. Yes. Yeah. Were, there were, were two guys were lining guns. Were they pointing guns at the the sidewalk? What were they doing? No. Well, you just don't know, right? You, you just don't. You know, without catastrophizing the situation, you're standing up in a truck. Uh, you know, if, if, if there's a sniper out there somewhere, you're, you're 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 rare for the pickings, right there, standing up in all your glory. So there were two guys lying in the bed of the truck, uh, like 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 SWAT guys mm-hmm. were lying in the bed, and there was a guy in the in the back seat, lying down in the back seat. Really? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that was uh, I, I think that's probably my biggest sports. Moment. I, I was there for the Joe Carter home run. I was in the stands for that. Uh, that was pretty big. I went to a great party, by the way, at the Olympics. Uh, um, Chad Kruger had one from Nickelback. Yep. So, uh, and that was a good party. That was that was a good smash. Um, but I would, yeah, per- personally, it's got to be those two that I happen to be in attendance at. Uh, greatest, greatest sports moment. I, I, I tend to pick a Canadian winning a championship where they had no business winning it, and I'm trying to think what. What that would be, uh, no, you know, like like team it. when 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 U.S. won the 1980 Olympic gold, right? The men's hockey team. That's right. That's pretty big. That was pretty big. I'm trying to think of something where, where Canada, or maybe everyone was tuned in. Ben uh, Johnson in '88 was pretty great. There you go. Yep. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I remember pulling over. I was driving back from uh, Calgary to Edmonton. I was working for Molson in 1988 and pulling over to watch the race. Yeah, that was big. Well, and it was so, it's so depressing when you look back at it, too, because you have a situation where he was stripped of the gold medal and we were all embarrassed as Canadians at the time. This is really our deflowering as far as the innocence of guys doing it the right way as athletes. It was the first real exposure to steroids and what it all meant. And Ben Johnson would lose the gold medal because of that. But now, right. since then, as most people would know, um, the repressing part of it is that pretty much everybody in that race has been connected with steroids since that night. So it's it sucks that Ben right. Johnson, really, he, he paid not just with the gold medal that night, but the, his career was ruined after that. He was disgraced right. after that. But no one else was disgraced like that. I don't think Carl Lewis ever had to give his gold medal back because he would get the gold medal after Ben Johnson. I don't know. If, it just frustrates me as a Canadian that, uh, yeah, yeah, we, we cheated that night, but so did everybody else. Right, right. Yeah, totally, totally frustrating. Uh, the, the phone call, Stevie, from Gretz is a pretty big moment. Yeah, that was great. Uh, when you and I were working together with JR and, the, and they won in uh, Salt Lake. Uh, well, Salt Lake was 2002. Did they wow. do the Olympics two years 20 later? 20 years now. Like 20. Oh, yeah, right. Okay, sorry. Vancouver's 2010. Salt Lake was way before that. Yeah, 2002. So we're coming um, up on the 20th anniversary of that of that call. Totally, yeah. Wow. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, that was totally. a big moment. Uh, something like that, I guess. Those those, those two were big. Probably probably the, the gold medal game in Vancouver. Right. You know, being able to be at it. Uh, and other other ones that I wasn't, I you know, were big. Uh, 
You know, Tiger Tiger winning a few years ago at the Masters, however old he was. You were at being that? a golf guy. No, I wasn't. I'm just saying that to oh, try and pick, oh, oh. pick pick what I think are great moments personally. Mm-hmm. You know, being a golfer, I, I thought that was like he beat the odds. Yep. You know, totally beat the odds. So Okay, we need to take a time guy. out. When we come back, we'll get into uh, some of the topical stories of the day. Antonio Brown has now, as just a couple hours ago, officially been released by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And we'll also talk about the possibility that maybe is it possible that Carey Price could be traded by the Montreal Canadiens? Uh-huh. It's coming up after these words. I want to say a thank you to our great sponsors, as always, All Insurance Ontario, Jim K. Ford, and the Glen Walton Real Estate Team. Jim K. Ford is your home of the all-new Ford Maverick. Designed to seize the day, this beautiful truck is built Ford tough and gives you the best of both worlds. It's compact on the outside, but still big enough on the inside to seat five people and store all of your stuff as well. Not to mention the cool 8-inch touchscreen on your dash to help you get your work done. That is if your teenage daughter lets you use it. Learn more and pre-order the all-new Ford Maverick today at JimKFord.com. With dozens of huge insurance companies fighting for your business, rates are incredibly competitive. That means you're better off selecting on fit rather than premiums, since they're all pretty close. Are you a client with a boat and a cottage or rentals and investments? Let's work together to find the right fit for you. Text 8606008. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. All right, so let's start with the hockey. Uh, when in doubt, go hockey. And uh, I'm starting to wonder about, and this is a Sportsnet article from Eric Engels today about this, and uh, he's dabbling in the idea of Carey Price getting traded. And where should he get traded to? And lots of people noticing, well, the bit, the bit of problems with goaltending in Edmonton right now, and the Oilers have a very good team. But I don't know, do you think that Carey Price might get traded by the Montreal Canadiens? And the theory behind it is pretty damn sound. Carey Price is, what is he now, 30, uh, 34? He's got five years left on his contract at $10 million per year, and the Canadians have hit rock bottom. They are clearly going into a scorched earth type of a rebuild. They're just at the start of it. You can't imagine Carey Price wanting to sit through what could be a five-year rebuild before he gets another chance at a Stanley Cup. Yeah. <laughs> I love the idea of training him right here, right to this town, Stevie. Um, so Montreal is probably not going to make the playoffs, but Edmonton is, is right there to make the playoffs, but what's, you know, rapidly ripping downhill, man, they lose again last night. Um, you know, we've been talking about the last couple of days. It's kind of crumbling yeah. with the coach calling out the players, the players calling back, um, hacking on the team, the goalie, you know, Koskinen not saying they're scoring enough goals. So it's, it's falling apart, you know? But as you said, all that aside, where where are you in the standings? And they're they're okay, right? They're okay. Well, they're just hanging on. They got the second wild card in the West, I believe. Yeah. So they're, they're you know, I, I guess nobody's out of it, but but uh, math, oh, you know, mathematically, is. my team is. Yeah, yeah. Well, Not yeah. mathematically, but yeah. No. There you go. Sorry about that. That's okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> excuse me. <clears throat> yeah, trade them. Get them here, man. Get them. Get them to Edmonton. I uh, see there was another story. Should the Oilers hire Mike Babcock? And then I always go, well, did, oh, they fired Tippett today? And I, you know, they haven't. Um, but for sure, I would like it from a selfish point of view. Yeah. Uh, because their their goaltending is, like it or not, you know, it's it's kind of not very good 
right? Their goaltending. Yeah, I got to say so, that if it if it did go, yeah, down, you trade. It would be yeah. one of the one of those stories of I can't believe that guy's playing for another team. Carey Price and the Montreal Canadiens just seem to go hand in hand. Um, I can't imagine him in another uniform. It's not many guys I would say that about anymore. It's it's a rare thing in today's NHL. It's you know, Daniel Offertson, for example, when he went to the Detroit Red Wings for his final season after his entire career with the Ottawa Senators, that was like, wow, that was weird. Right. That was weird to see. And I'm sure for you as, as a guy who I think you say you drove Gretzky to the airport in 1988 when he was traded by the Edmonton Oilers, and he hadn't been there nearly as long as Carey Price had been in Montreal, but just some guys, it's just unimaginable to see them in new uniforms. Right. Yeah. Um, speaking of big sports moment, that, that day, that's got traded. Uh, the, the, the other thing, Stevie, in hockey, that if you, get a, if you get a, not a great goaltender, okay, not a great one, but if your goaltender's good, right, you ain't trading them, man, okay? You're not, right? It's like these, this is way too, they're invaluable, right? Uh, way too valuable, right, on a team when you do get a goalie. You know, Kevin Lowe, I, I've known for years and years, always talked about that. That is the biggest part of every single hockey game. If if you if you have a goalie that's not playing great, is in a slump, uh, can be good one night, not the and not great the other night. There's nothing worse. There's mm-hmm. nothing worse than a team going into a game and you got your fingers crossed, saying, "Hope he's okay tonight." Right. You know, it's 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 the worst feeling in the world, right? When you when you have that. Um, I mean, the Oilers, right, had the well, they had Grant Fear, you know, and they, they you know Andy Moog was a backup. Billy Ranford, you know, was was there. Uh, they 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 had excellent goaltending when they had it, you know. And then when you know they, they got rid of Grant Fear, right after a bunch of trades yep. right, of other guys who left the team. But um, I guess Carey Price isn't that good anymore, Steve. So maybe he is you put him on the trading block. But uh, well, I, I don't know what's the matter of that. It's just uh, he just went took the Habs to the Cup final, and he was a massive part of that run last year. Um, I think it's more just a case of he may want to check out new situations. The Habs, well, it's the story of, well, this guy probably isn't going to be part of our Stanley Cup rebuild solution, so maybe we get something for him while we still can. They probably have to eat a bunch of his salary, though. You think if you're the Oilers, yeah, we we need goaltending help, and certainly Carey Price would certainly upgrade us, but uh, at the same time, he makes a lot of money. And right. we also have to look at the fact that he's been injury prone in recent years. And you also have to look at the, uh, and, I, and I hate to say this in these terms, but it, it's got to be part of the decision-making process. He was very recently in the player's assistance program. Um, a player is only good to you if he's available for you to play games. So right. I don't I don't know that situation, exactly the severity of it, if it's, if it's fully behind him. And I hope it is. I certainly hope it is. But it's something you have to weigh into the equation when you're, thinking about taking on a carry price. So it's uh, it's a complicated decision for the Oilers if they decided to go down this road, not to say there's anything to you know, put real substance on this being a possibility, but it does make some sense when you look at it. So a- anyway, you bring up a good point about that as an extenuating circumstance that it's fabulous to see a guy face that um, substance use, I think he called it, or, or abuse or whatever. Um, but you're right. When he comes out of that a month or two ago, uh, do you want to do you want to sign him up to a, a, a big contract or trade for him? Uh, generally, Steve, you might go. I'd like to see him get a year here, clean and sober. All right, because 
you know, I have experience with this, Steve. Okay, there's there's many a guy who comes flying out of treatment feeling like a million bucks. Right. You know, uh, but if they don't if they don't sort of have some sort of plan of how they're going to stay clean and sober, uh, it's it's poised poised for a relapse. You yeah, know? he's got so, four or five years left on his current contract, so it wouldn't be a case of deciding whether or not to re-sign him. It would be a case of we're definitely we've definitely got this guy's rights for the next four or five years. And how much will Montreal take on of his actual salary? Right. Well, I'm, I, I meant trading him, right, to sign him if, if, or, or, or trade for him. So uh, that's a good point. You know, that's a good point. But so do you take a flyer, you know, do you take a flyer and trade for the guy? Yep. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That's I wouldn't good, dismiss yeah. it. I'd, I'd certainly still consider it and everything. It just has to go into the equation. Some people will say, oh, my God, that sounds heartless. Well, I'm I'm making business decisions here as part of this acquisition potentially, and it, it has to go into my decision making process. I'm not saying it's gonna Absolutely. it's gonna wreck things no. or anything, or it'll be the be all end all, but it has to be a consideration when you right. and, and you're someone who has kind of lived that world. So, um, want to move on to talk about a couple of other things because uh, our time runs short on another podcast week. Um, Antonio Brown, we've got the finale of that. The Buccaneers. Just a couple of hours ago, as we're recording right now, they have officially released Antonio Brown days after the wide receiver abruptly left the field during the team's game against the New York Jets. And it was really standard Antonio Brown, look at me. It wasn't a case of I'll just stand on the sideline for the rest of the game and then maybe you know announce that I'm retiring from the team after the game, something like that. No, no. He had to make it all about him, ripped off his jersey, got right you know, took his T-shirt off, his gloves, threw them in the stands, dancing through the end zone. Everybody's seen it by now, but it was standard Antonio Brown behavior. And so his contract's been terminated effective immediately. This is, again, this is Thursday, and this happened on Sunday, and Antonio Brown has spent the last few days leading up to this saying, no, no, it was an ankle injury, and they, you know, they said, I told him I wasn't going in because of an ankle injury. Well, here's what Bruce Arians um, and Antonio Brown's accusing Arians of uh, doing a throat slash and that you're done because you wouldn't go into the game injured. That's what Antonio Brown's saying. So we should give the other side of the story now. And this is Bruce Arians on why Antonio Brown was released today. Obviously, we let Antonio go today. Um, just to clear you up on some things that happened. At no point in time during that game did he ever ask the trainer or doctor about his ankle. He never went through. That's the normal protocol. You go through protocols during games. I was never notified of it. So obviously that was the disturbing thing when we were looking for him to go back into the game. We always had, uh, he was very upset at halftime about who was getting targeted. Got that calmed down. Players took care of that. It started again on the sideline. We called for the personnel group that he had played in the entire game. He refused to go in the game. That's when I looked back and saw him basically wave off the coach. Um, I then went back, approached him about what was going on. Uh, I ain't playing. What's going on? I ain't getting the ball. That's when I said, you're done. Get the F out of here. And that's the, that's the, that's the end of it. And, um, we are work, we are working on Carolina. That's the end of the story, and um, hopefully it ends today. I've heard both sides of the story now, Jimmy, and honestly, 
that makes the most sense to me. Just based on Antonio Brown's history, I ain't getting the ball. Seems like the most likely thing that occurred here. And for a, if a player's refusing to go into a game like that because he ain't getting the ball, that is a fireable offense in my opinion, so I don't blame Bruce Arians. Yeah, here's the unique thing about this, Stevie, this story. Uh, everyone knows that Antonio Brown is completely in the wrong, uh, that he's full of shit about the story with the ankle and all that stuff. Okay, so that, I, I got no, I've, I've got no second thoughts about that at all. There's nothing today that I read and go, oh gosh, well, okay, hang on now, hang on. Maybe he had a bad ankle. No, no, he did not. Yeah, let's measure the vertical okay. and those jumps in the end zone. That's right. Okay, so he's a he's a, a, a you know a very troubled guy. Okay, for for all sorts of different reasons. Okay, uh, maybe underlying issues, Steve. I, you know, maybe it's CTE. Maybe it's the ego problems, narcissistic personality disorder. Steve, throw throw it all on the heap. Yeah, all um, of the above. This would be a big story for sure. Uh, in the in the sports world, in this case, the NFL. If it wasn't Antonio Brown, uh, would it be as big a story? I, I think it would. You know, if some guy went bananas and and then everyone was kind of going, "Well, dude, you you don't have a leg to stand on here. You know, you're not you're not that good." The the interesting issue here, Steve, is that guy's really good. Okay, he's a he's a huge asset to a team, right? Tom Brady to Antonio Brown, like I I don't know, it was a game or two ago that they just lit it up, you know. I don't know what they were doing the rest of the year, but uh, th- this guy's one of the best receivers ever, Steve. I don't know. Like like when he plays, when he's happy. So this makes this story really unique, you know, really unique. Because, listen, Steve, there's been many a, many a sports team that have put up with a bunch of bullshit from players uh, because they're good, right? Yeah. Say, so, okay, you got to accommodate this guy. You got to accommodate him, you know. So I don't know if he's at um, that stage now where he's uh, he's certainly not a number one receiver in the league anymore. But he he certainly, when you look at the body of work, had he you know had he flown right throughout his NFL career, he might be considered for Canton someday. Uh, but it just hasn't been that kind of career right now. He's not what you'd call a number one receiver for the Bucks or anybody else. But uh, he's definitely an asset. You could, you know, there was texts that went back and forth, and Antonio Brown released those texts to the public about Bruce Arians saying, "We need you this week. We want you in the lineup." Um, right. But it just it all completely unraveled. I guess my question would be, um, because I do believe in this particular case, measuring it out, it's probably knowing the the hits this guy's taken in his career. Uh, CTE is certainly a possibility, and the behaviors that go with that. We'll never know, not until after he passes, but. It's certainly a possibility, but it's, you know, it's also a possibility that he might just be an asshole. We don't always have to, we don't always have to assign mental health as the issue behind someone's misbehavior. There's a good chance too, that this guy might just be an absolute jerk, that he might be a narcissist to the extreme. That's a possibility as well. I don't know the answer to that. I wouldn't write it off as a possibility. Yeah, I, I, you know, obviously this guy is, is completely and utterly self-absorbed, you know. Uh, it's just, like, do we have to ask this guy the obvious? If he was going to have a press conference after that game, Steve, if he wanted to meet with the media, and you're a media guy, do, do I have to say, don't you think this behavior is very un-team-like? <laughs> you know, yeah. you're, you're on a team, uh, uh, and apparently your issue is, if I don't get the ball, I'm going fucking home. 
right? I, like, I remember that, Steve. I remember doing that with, when I didn't get the ball, playing front yard football, right? How, you know, I bet didn't you pass to me? I was wide open, man. I was wide open, you know? I was wide open. My brother go, don't take a spaz. Don't take a spaz attack. You know what? That, that's, that's what I'm getting from Antonio Brown, you yeah. know? I was wide open. <laughs> you passed to me. Uh, if the ball belonged to him, I have no doubt that he would take his ball and go home. There's no question yeah, in my mind. So, Leave the Jets and the Bucks just sitting there. Oh, we have no ball. Damn it. So that all makes sense, Stevie. Okay, those two things make sense. Do you not see where it's it's very unteamlike, and do you not see that that you're, it's totally selfish? Okay, right? That that you're completely self-absorbed, and and you're, you know having this pity party for you okay that's what makes sense to anybody okay to say antonio unless you maybe you don't see this but we need you to be a team guy so the problem is he doesn't see that and yet people want to today including myself they want to make sense of his actions when they don't make sense right okay and and so you're talking about a guy who's kind of delusional okay you're talking about a guy who's not rational okay who's doing radical things and, but he's has no rational behavior and he's delusional. And yet today we want to break it down saying, okay, here's what's wrong with that guy. Okay. So, you know, that doesn't make sense that we're trying to make sense of him, not who doesn't make any sense. Right. So it's all, it's all left up. You know, he may, he may deserve the benefit of the doubt that one would get from, you know, the angle of CTE and that he has mental health issues that he requires help for. He may well deserve that benefit of the doubt I want to make clear the point that I'm trying to make is that I hope we don't get to a stage where jerks of the world are going to be able to shield themselves with the mental health banner um, and, uh, and, and take a very serious issue, apply it to themselves, and get a get-out-of-jail-free get card scenario. I don't want right. to see that happen because I think we can agree that there are some people who just have personality disorders that are just – Bad people, right? There are, yeah, there are bad yeah, people. We all exist. We all know, you know, bad people exist in the world. Um, some of them you can defend by way of mental health and extu- extenuating circumstances, but there are just some people who are not very good people, and it's possible that Antonio Brown is, Brown is that. Yeah, um, you know, when you when you look back, Stevie, uh, practice. I ain't going to practice. Iverson. Remember, remember when the, when that, that was a big story, right? Mm-hmm. The, about going, he played for Philly, right? That yep. basketball Alan, player, Allen Iverson. Yeah, so he goes off, right? And everyone, that thing is, becomes a huge story. But you're right, Steve. No one back then said, "Okay, this guy has mental health issues, man." Okay, he's a, you know, a, no, no, he's just a knob. You know, he's just a, he's just a knob or did a knobby thing. We, I mentioned his name yesterday, Patrick Reed, Stevie. When he came, when they they put a microphone in front of him, and he said, "You know, I I don't see any." Uh, problem at all with me here being ranked in the top five and perhaps the best player in the world. Okay. Bang. Hate button right away. Okay. Everyone. Okay. Whammo. This is unbelievable. This is what, this is outrageous that this ego maniacal little prick would say that, you, you know, all, all of us, Stevie at that point said, this guy's a dink. We didn't say he's got mental health issues. Right. Right. So you're, you're, you know, kudos to your point that, Every you know everyone has been talking about this that the guy's got mental problems got mental problems maybe he doesn't you know maybe it's just an ego run amok which is that a mental problem I, I guess probably you know but in its way yeah it's uh 
It's a tricky discussion for sure, but certainly that possibility, I think, exists. When we come back on the show, we'll close it out, giving the final word to NHL referee Wes McCauley. He had another uh, classic penalty call yesterday, so we'll get to that in just a second. First, though, I want to remind you that Jim K. Ford is in the midst of celebrating their 40th anniversary here in 2022. They are one of the longest-running dealerships in the entire city. I've been going to them for about 20 years now. They have always taken care of me for my vehicle needs and certainly great supporters of this podcast. So we invite you to check them out today. Again, great people at jimkford.com. Visit them at 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans. A lot of people I talk to end up asking me about what coverages should they have for their house. How much do I need? Why would I want that? Hi, I'm Jared Gerard, All Insurance Ontario. Call or text me at 801-2659. Give me a call. Let's have that talk. And we'll make sure that you have the coverages that you want and that you need. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. So Wes McCauley with a pretty good call. Actually had the, uh, he even got his, uh, he even got his Dukes up at one point near the end. So <laughs> this is a quick uh, Wes McCauley. He's had some classic calls over the years. Um, and well, without further delay, here he is. I didn't know that. He's doing the WWE, the boxing announcer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's uh, been doing that for years. That's cool. Oh, I didn't know that. Really? I had no idea. Oh, oh cool. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's um, that's uh that's Wes McCauley's trademark, really. He's been doing that for a long time. But what he also does and what what also makes him great and why he's so popular with the players out there, A, he's good at his job, but his the communication process is ongoing. Sometimes it's chirps and jabs, but it's also communicating with the players, letting them know what's going on. I, I think he's a really good referee on top of being easily the most colorful referee. How did I miss that? I don't oh, know. It's not like he's a brand new ref either. He's no, been around he's been for... doing this for like a decade now. Yeah. Um, the other one, Stevie, okay. Uh, you sent me a note, as you often do. Thank you for show prep. This Terrell Owens thing? Yep. Okay, do, do not tell me, Steve, this thing has any... any oomph to it yeah he's 48 so, and, now, he, and apparently he said in his podcast earlier this week that he could absolutely replace antonio brown and help the tampa bay buccaneers throughout the postseason his quote was at the end of the day i know i can do it when you think about this country and what it's based off we're supposed to be a country of third or second third and whatever chances look at the chances that a b had who's to say that i can't go out there and do it well you're 48 48 no, i'm just saying thing, yeah. yeah i'm just saying you can't do it yeah, yeah. we all say that yeah it would be a publicity stunt, you know. Uh, I think of the CFL when they sign a few guys who were. Remember the guy they signed from? Uh, was it Dexter Manley? Yeah. Did the Rough Riders sign that guy? Of course. Immediately failed project. Yeah. You know, guy who was kind of washed up. Uh, I hope they don't do it. Anyway. Yeah, it's uh, it's not going to happen. It just, it just doesn't interest me. It, no. It 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 it, 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 it kind of reeks of the same stuff where uh, athletes left their their go-to sport to try other ones, you know? I think Michael Jordan tried to play baseball. I did, did, didn't Tim Tebow, didn't he try and go play baseball for a while? Yeah, he's in the Mets organization for a bit, and then he changed positions, tried to actually get back in the NFL this year with the Jacksonville Jaguars as a tight end. Uh, Urban Meyer's uh, early decision-making on, on display for the whole world to see. Of course, he's been fired since then. Yeah, so anyway, shut up, Terrell. Okay, you know. <laughs> yeah, I could see it being a publicity stunt if it was the preseason, bring him in for a game or two and see what's going on. 
But every game Tampa Bay plays from here on out is going to be extremely meaningful. Uh, if you're not watching much NFL, this is the final week of the regular season. First time they've played 17 games, so this is week 18. And the Buccaneers, they've already clinched their division. And uh, so apparently they're going to, by the way, go with uh, – they're not resting anybody, I guess, at least not for the first half of this uh, game against the Panthers on the weekend, even though the Panthers are 5-11. and 11, And Tampa Bay's already clinched the division. I guess they can get the number two seed. But anyway, this weekend is the uh, – is the uh, final weekend, and all games mean a lot moving forward, so you're not going to see anybody bringing anybody in under publicity stunt circumstances, certainly not playoff teams. And uh, right now you've got, uh, let me see, uh, who's clinched here now? We've got Green Bay. Yeah, let's do a little NFL update, Yeah, a little playoff picture here. Playoffs, Yeah, if the playoffs playoffs ended today. Yeah. Um, Let's get Barry on the phone, get her picks. Probably should. There's only two playoff berths available in the AFC um, and there is only one available in the NFC right now. So at the moment, let me see here. Uh, in the hunt right now, the Colts and the Chargers. And teams on the bubble in the AFC, the Raiders, Steelers, and Ravens. You'll need to win and get lots of good stuff to happen. Right now, the 49ers are battling for the final playoff berth in the NFC. And the Saints still have a chance of catching the 49ers. The Niners are nine and seven. The Saints eight and eight. So that kind of gets you up to speed on what's happening in the final week of the NFL regular yeah. season. Can't wait. I got. I got to start to line up my betting options. We can. Uh, we can go head to head like we did last year. Okay, I'll think about it. Twenty bucks a game. Think about Boom it. shakalaka. Yeah, we'll wait and see what happens this weekend, and then we'll do it Monday. All right. Boy, that's got the listener riveted. I bet. They have no choice but to listen in now that they know that's going to happen in the next episode. (laughs) Don't forget our website is stevewproject.com. We encourage you to check that out. What do we got there? Ways you can contact us. Patreon memberships. If you'd like to be a member, we'd appreciate that. There's even a link there now on how you can create your own podcast. If you're all pumped to do your own podcast, you don't have a clue what to do, drop us a note. Old Stevie can give you a hand here with it. I'll help you technically. Yes. I'll help you technically set it up. (laughs) All right. All right. Enjoy your weekend, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy the NFL weekend and uh, whatever you're getting up to. And we'll talk to you next time. The tube is back. Good night, everybody. We'll see you. Thanks for being with us on the SWP. Please subscribe today or support us on Patreon at stevewproject.com.